Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. Welcome to the Shovel Pass Podcast. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I am joined, as always, by Phil Heim, Chris Heim, and Will Sawyer. How are you, fellas? Awesome. How's it going, guys? Welcome back. Happy New Year. Yeah, to happy you New as Year. well. So Good we are through... First podcast of the New Year, huh? First podcast of the New Year, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. think this is like episode 21. How about that? Love to oh. see it. Ooh, wow. We've actually gotten through 21 episodes. That's that's crazy. That seems, I don't know, like yeah. we're almost a real podcast. Special or something. I want to keep pretending that we're a very illegitimate podcast. Cause yeah. Because yeah. I feel less bad about shitting on people. Uh, about, <laughs> yeah. if, like if nobody's listening. So, yeah, we just like say whatever asshole. we want. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like to believe people are listening. Four of them are in this podcast right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, uh, so week seventeen, um, we got one more week. This is the first year we're going through eighteen weeks of an NFL season, which adds a bunch of new dimensions, and we'll get into some of that. So we're gonna we'll, we'll a little bit later we'll talk about all the records that potentially could be broken this week. Uh, we're going to talk some Niners and their quarterback situation. We're going to talk Steelers and the the end of an era and Big Ben and their QB situation, what that looks like next year. And uh, But I thought we kind of have to start off with a conversation about uh, Mr. Brown and the eventful week um, and, and his little song and dance where he uh ripped his shirt off and ran across the field like so yeah let's start there but i i don't i mean none of us have ever 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 seen anything like that before Uh, i don't think any football fan has seen anything like this before i feel like antonio brown has done this a few times these these we've never seen that before (laughs) he's he's the man doing things that we've never seen before and not in a good way (laughs) <laughs> um, but the thing that struck me so okay he throws this tantrum we're, we've yet to figure out exactly why he rips his pads off rips his shirt off and he runs onto the field while the game is going on nobody's talking about this oh yeah that was crazy nobody's talking yeah, about the, this the he was on the field he wasn't just that. in the end zone he ran onto the field at like the five yard line yeah that's nuts well, there's like, yeah, while his team is at work, that's great. You know, and the thing that I thought was most telling too, the sideline footage, the only person on the Bucks team who was trying to keep him uh, composed and like from taking his pads off was Mike Evans. And even Mike Evans, I mean, leader that he is, after a few minutes, you could tell he got fresh. He walked away, he's like, this guy's done. Like, that was crazy to me. It's, yeah. It's like, that was, 
the, the first yeah. thing I thought when I, when I saw this was he he saw Vontae Davis's retirement at halftime and said, "Hold my beer, I'll <laughs> you one better." Boy, did he ever! So I think he's more actually said, "Hold my mustache, die." Because that blonde mustache he had a few years ago was atrocious. That, that was the beginning of the end for AB, I think, was that, that blonde super villain mustache. Yeah, well, yeah, yet another one of those things. I've never seen that before. But And I think, um, um, I think with regards to AB, like, I'm going to just right off the bat get rid of my uh, per podcast quota of saying as the resident Steelers fan. So as the resident Steelers fan, I have the most experience here with AB. Um, and always he's been wild. Mm-hmm. He's always been a little crazy. I remember he... He tried uh, attempting to hurdle a punter, but in reality, just ended up being him kicking him in the face during a game, which was kind of. Yeah, funny. I don't think. Yeah, but also, aside, like, bro. I don't think he actually tried to hurdle him. <laughs> yeah, you should have. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I've never seen that live because against Cleveland as well, and I was thinking, like, that's actually kind of funny. But then my next thought was like, that's really dangerous. I'd be really pissed off if I was a Brown and saw someone do that. Even it's just the punter, or I'd be like, why are you doing that to anyone on the football? Feel like that, it's so disrespectful. Like, the guy's a grown man, like, he I think he got that. penalized for it. I think I he think got so. fined and penalized for it, yeah. But the the, the sad thing with AB is, I, I really this is very unsubstantiated, it's just based on whatever behavior I'm seeing. It, it, it appears as if he has some kind of mental issue. I, I don't want to uh undermine the gravity of how much of an ass he's in and just like hand wave it all by saying, yeah. Oh, he's just mentally ill because clearly there's a pattern of behavior over more than a decade of severe um, just misbehaving there was a stretch when he was at his most dominant from about 2014 to about 2017 2018 where i argued based on his productivity and the absolute dominance he was displaying for a five six year stretch i vocally made the argument often that, that in that stretch he was the best receiver in nfl history this side of jerry rest granted that's my homer opinion as Steelers fan but how unblockable he was, how unguardable he was, was something I had, I had never seen personally to that point. And the fact that he would routinely, for like four or five years, 14, 1,500 yards production, 1,800 yards one year, um, not as many touchdowns as, as I would hope. I don't think he ever really, really had more than 10, 12 touchdowns in a season. But just yards, productivity, and his knack for getting the ball and making something special happen after the catch was just unbelievable. But the fact that he is just thrown that all away through his erratic behavior. And, and the thing is, he's still super productive. Yep. Like in 15, in, in through 15 games with the Bucks, he still has over a thousand yards going back to last year. So he's still a productive player, despite how insane he is. But what I find sad is, 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 is uh, he's unbelievably he is. talented to the point where I soberly and, and as, as impartially as possible as a Steelers fan truly believe he was one of the top three receivers ever at a point but he's never going to sniff a Hall of Fame vote now because of his antics he's never going to get there people gave T.O. a hard time for yeah. years that's the first thing that came to my mind before T.O. made a statement the first thing I thought and I saw A.B. running off uh, on Twitter was my goodness I can't believe people ever gave T.O. shit I honestly yeah. think if T.O. played in today's era, the antics, quote unquote, he got up to would be hand waved because they're nothing. He's like Juju does as many crazy things as T.O. And no one thinks Juju's a bad guy. Well, people, like, would, people would, would celebrate T.O. working out in the, in the driveway, taking an interview. They'd be chucking the entire time. Like, look at this idiot. He's, he's yeah, doing but, curls. Sorry, that, that, but that's, that's awesome. That's not the point, though. Like, like there was there was clearly we're clearly at a different point now societally. But even still, A.B.'s behavior is so 
negative and so amoral objectively that even in today's a little more lenient social media kind of like influencer clout chasing society his behavior is totally unacceptable and and, and it's it's only him and him alone that's prevent, preventing him from ever getting a hall of fame consideration because otherwise if he didn't have this off the field stuff and just retire today he goes in the hall of fame in five years or whatever the, the, the limit is he goes in the hall of fame immediately he bypasses any yeah. wide receiver backup so it's it's a little sad. Uh, what's sadder is how much of a dick he is to other people and how much he's been in- impacting other people's lives. And all these reports that he just doesn't pay people for services, even though like they did. What they they so he just seems like a like an unrepented douche. And there is a little bit of of sadness in my heart as Steelers fans seeing just how great he was as a player, and then finding out more and more over time that his greatness as a player was unique to the field, but he was exactly how great he was as a player it was exactly how terrible he is as a human being <laughs> yeah which i find very very unfortunate yeah. but it is what it is so all that said he throws this little tantrum he runs off the field he's obviously not a tampa bay buccaneer anymore we're still kind of waiting to hear the whole story he's started his social media push and there was a statement released by his lawyer which was somewhat rambling somewhat incoherent i'm not really sure what kind of lawyer wrote it um he started releasing text messages between him and coach um sorry bruce arians and none of which really i felt like changed the narrative a whole lot um will what'd you think about that lawyer statement to start off with in the text messages i don't know it it seemed a little bit i don't know bombastic like a little bit showy and not not enough substance to it which which you would expect a little bit from a lawyer um to try and you know they're they're trying to win the court of public opinion but um i hear what you're saying that it it was a little bit extra yeah i don't know ham-fisted or something and (laughs) (laughs) I, i i don't know and and yeah, just how it came out and and how assertive it was in certain statements that didn't really resonate where like I understand just being a pro sport, um, the NFL, there's gonna be a certain tilt. Even within the medical staff, I, I know there's gonna be a certain amount of pressure to see guys back on the field, um, perhaps a little sooner than they would in an ideal scenario, just because there's a certain amount of expectation and pressure. But I don't really believe that these medical professionals are just going to completely abdicate any level of sense and responsibility and know that a player is severely injured and be like, you know what, I'm going to sign off on them anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, and so just for a little bit, a little bit of background, and don't quote me on this. I am not reading from the statement, but the statement made it sound like his ankle is busted in half. It's he's got a ligament torn from the bone, and there's a piece of bone floating around, poking out of his skin, and like it, it, it really sounded extreme. And it's going to need surgery in the offseason, all of which may be true. There may be a chip floating around in his ankle. He may have a torn ligament. That's called an ankle sprain, a, you know, potentially significant ankle sprain. But surgery, NFL players get surgery for everything. So that doesn't really 
shock me one way or the other. Guys play on things that need surgery all the time. Tony Romo played with a collapsed lung and three broken ribs. Like, I, you know, the guy's got a bum ankle. I get it. But the thing for me is five plays before, he was turning DBs around and getting open. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't look injured on the field. So for him to all of a sudden be like, they're forcing me to go in when I'm injured and they're forcing me to play when I can't. It's like, no. And even those text messages he, he put out there that Bruce Arians, it's not like Bruce Arians was like, you know, you better play or you're cut. Like yeah, that one tastes like duty. I, I mean, anyways, it, it just got a little bit silly and I don't know. Yeah. The other thing, the, the other big question for me was like, why is he releasing a statement from a lawyer? What legal action is, is taking place here? Y- you got cut. You threw a tantrum on the field and you got cut. Like, that's it. I, I mean, maybe more to the story is going to come out. Maybe there's there's a deeper reason for this. But the statement certainly didn't allude to any legal action. It was just, <laughs> hey, hey, this is what my client is saying. And he's, you know... <laughs> He didn't run off insane. the field for no reason. Yeah, he's not insane. So, I don't know. My client's holding my wife and kids hostage. I have to do what he says. <laughs> like, and as far as as far as the the um the mental thing, I don't I don't really want to get too into that because we don't know mm-hmm. what his situation is. It's easy for people like us sitting on our couches to watch him and start screaming CTE, which I've seen a lot of on Twitter and, and mentioned. And I yeah. feel like that's really, I, that's, that's almost irresponsible ground to start treading on that. Like mm-hmm. to start throwing that, that, you know, yeah, like, because there, there's word, two kinds of like throwing CTE out there. Like we have no idea and, and, and nobody's going to know. There's two kinds of extremes there with that kind of statement that I don't like. One is, um, it would be very surprising to me to find out that any NFL player that has played more than a couple of years in the NFL doesn't have some trace of CTE. Right. So it would be surprising if there wasn't any impact from that. But at the same time, AB was erratic a long time before you would expect uh, to for that to be the front page kind of story. maybe maybe i mean it, it a lot of people CD have traced it back beginning. to that yeah a lot of people have traced it back to that hit from von by vontes perfect right and said well this yeah. is this was the beginning of the end i don't it could have been maybe, it could have been a big not. contributor or it could not be but i've also seen and, several people who may uh, you know have close ties to him they've alluded to issues or they've alluded to things but i've also heard people say i'm not shocked by this this is ab this is who he is this is who he's always been and this is what i mean and there's there's a lot more mental health issues than cte in the nfl yeah totally that's just it so just isolating that is like well i don't know it it might be it might be something entirely different yeah it could be anything so let's just not make any you know predictions or assumptions or uh statements to that effect because at the end of the day we really don't know what we do know from a football perspective is those actions that he took are utterly and completely unacceptable for whatever reason 
it doesn't matter what reason there was. You do not rip your pads off and trot off the field like that in the middle of the game. And in all honesty, too, he kind of lost benefit of the doubt after that whole, like, vaccine card fake forgery stunt he pulled, too. So it's like, listen, buddy, like, I kind of stop trusting anything you tell us when you lied about your vac status to play. Um, so oh, long before that, though, Phil. Like, like, he did this to the Steelers. This is how he got kicked off the Steelers. No, he, didn't, he decided he didn't want to play in that, that game at the end of the season to, to get them into the playoffs. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm done. Okay. And then he goes to the Raiders, and it's like, no, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play for you guys. I, I, I just – this guy has no benefit of the doubt anymore. So let's – let's. this comes full circle to the end of this conversation. Let's let's kind of tidy this up at the end. Is his career over? Yes. And the only reason he's lasted long enough to have made this many career-ending mistakes that would have ended any anyone else's career years ago is because he's so talented. If anyone else pulled this kind of crap that wasn't a Hall of Fame type player, they would not be 32 and playing NFL. They would not be on their 11th or 12th season in the NFL. They would not have had this many second, third, fourth, eighth chances. His career is over now. You're completely right, Chris. It would not surprise me one bit to see another team bring him in and see what he's about. Um, I'd be shocked, and the reason for it is because Tom Brady was the one who brought them, brought him to Tampa, not BA, not the uh, the GM in, in in Tampa. Tom Brady brought him there, and on his way out, on his a statement, he torched Alex Herrero, AB, yep. for uh, something about like a hundred thousand um, dollar treatment or whatever that he wants money, but I don't know, something like that. But he tore it, it didn't even make any sense. It didn't even make any sense because even yeah. the text messages that but, he released said, oh, yes. like, you owe me this money. And Guerrero said, okay, I'll pay you the balance. Sure. <laughs> and, but, and that was it. Like, but it that, wasn't even. But but that's that's the thing, though. It's like he's he's making that public, whatever grievance he had of Alex Guerrero, who, in my opinion, Alex Guerrero is an extension of Tom Brady as far as yeah, his interaction with other athletes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so if you he's he's the right hand man. If you go after Alex, or you're going after Tom Brady, why would you go after probably the only person left in the NFL who would stick his neck out for you? Because only Tom Brady has the clout to say we're going to bring an AB. Anybody else says let's bring an AB, even Patrick Mahomes. No, no. I think they might say eh, eh, he's not worth it. Only Tom I don't know. Brady. I hear I hear Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson have some pretty pretty significant clout with their their GMs. But but here's the thing that <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> that took you a second, See, Chris. because <laughs> I'm right now I'm hoping that their clout with their respective GMs ends up with either of them in, in Pittsburgh next season. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, but, all right. Uh, well, yeah, let's time. That's it. Let's over. let's move on. AB, I. Uh, a quick vote. The other Phil is his career over. Yeah, I think this is the last you see of Antonio Clown on an NFL sideline. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's done. Will? I mean, you think he pretends you? I, I think. I think but... somebody at least kicks the tires on him. Yeah. All right. Well. Anyways, Urban Meyer would have, but so, no somebody yeah. exactly somebody <laughs> yeah. who is on yeah. a fiery hot seat. Who, if they don't come up with some weird recipe to win, is yeah. out the door. They'll kick the tires on him just to see. All right. Well, that's so tune in next week for our fiery hot seats conversation. (laughs) (laughs) 
and the coaching carousel that's going to ensue at the end of the season. Uh, all right, moving on. So, uh, Steelers, Big Ben just played his last game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty significant. End of an era. You know, mm-hmm. I've never been the biggest Big Ben fan, but he was he was pretty unique and pretty spectacular in his own right for for how he played the game and and you know what he did to the Steelers. So, do we want to spend a couple minutes talking about Big Ben? Is there much to say? I don't know what else to say other than like, you know, I think he's up there with. He didn't. He didn't win as many Super Bowls as Bradshaw, but I think he's up there in the the you know, the. Uh, Circle Steelers of, pantheon. Yeah, see, that's it. That's the word I was looking for. Thanks, Will. So the Steelers pantheon of, of great quarterbacks. He's definitely below Bradshaw and maybe just a, yeah. a bit above Slash, but that's <laughs> that's where I thought the roster is. A bit, a bit. <laughs> he's, he's miles above Slash. I'm sure. I'm slash sure couldn't clean his shoes. Slash, here's my jock strap. Go uh, <laughs> throw it in the toilet with the washer. <laughs> I'm sure. I do. I'll, I'll be. I'll be brief. Um, Thank I you. loved Big Ben for a long time. I thought Big Ben should have retired after 2018. Uh, so the fact that he's retiring now after 2021 is a little overdue, and it's it's evident. Like his last two years in the league, his last two full years in the league have been very. Just he hasn't been an NFL quarterback. They've looked every one of those years yeah. looked like Peyton Manning his last ride in 2015. Um, and the fact that Big Ben's final stat line at Heinz uh, was, I think, something like 30 for 46, maybe 29 for 46, something like that, um, and 123 yards passing on 46 oh. Oh. attempts. Like, that's just a little indicative of oh. how the last few years of his career went. Yeah. That being said... I, I think he had the lowest yard per attempt he, he might have. of an over 45 pass game in the modern era. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, that how old said, is he been? He's 38. 38? Okay. Maybe maybe 39. 39. I thought he was 39. Yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. L.A. retired at 37. Uh, Young Steve Young was gone long before that. Um, you, you know, like this new age of quarterbacks, considering, and this is where I'm going with this, in this new age of quarterbacks that have this extreme longevity, Big Ben played – played the position differently. He took a lot of big hits. He mm-hmm. he took Most a lot of punishment, right? He was a, a man of contact. And, um, you know, the injuries he played through throughout his career, the fact that he lasted this long is really remarkable. It um, is. Okay. And, and I'll, just, I'll just very quickly finish my thoughts on Big Ben anyways. But um, he has been a durable quarterback for the most part. Um, but in the last four or five years, injuries have started catching up more and more. I think personally, he is the best Steelers quarterback ever in terms of just talent and capability. His statistics back that up. Terry Bradshaw won more Super Bowls, but he's also on arguably the best team ever. Right. So I, I it's, it's a little more difficult to compare. Um, I think Big Ben is one of the best quarterbacks of his generation, and it goes to show how amazing that generation was, including uh, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, uh, I'm not going to include Eli, but Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. That generation of quarterbacking might might be the best generation of quarterbacks we've had at one time for 10, 15 years ever in the NFL. And he, in my opinion, Big Ben is the best of his class, and he's behind Manning and Brady and Rodgers. 
all three of which are top 10 quarterbacks ever. So the fact so, that they've well, done I'll slow your roll there a little bit, Chris. I mean, I mean, sorry, Breeze, he's below Breeze, he's below Breeze too. He's below Breeze too. So, just a very quick finish. Just a little bit homery. I'm not very in tune with with any sports Twitter, frankly. I just kind of use it just to see the news. I don't really look at other fandoms, so I'm very out of touch with other Steelers fans' thoughts on this. Um, I try to be as rational as possible, which is very difficult because I'm a very irrational person but when it comes to (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to Steelers what a statement (laughs) I think I think uh, think Big Ben going out the way he did was just like a a microcosm of his last few years in the league but also I think it was poetic in a way too I loved that final shot of him walking off into the bright light with his family down the tunnel after the game like the whole end of the game was very storybook and as many ups and downs as, as he's put Pittsburgh through in the last four or five years, I'm very happy with how he went off. I think it's a deserving send-off to, to his home stadium, the stadium where he's won almost 100 games in. Um, and, and honestly, as much as I've been saying I've wanted Ben to retire for three years, I'm, I'm happy to have had him. I'm very thankful to have seen him. I regret never having seen him in person. Uh, but I, I think he went out well. Uh, kudos to him on a good career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer first ballot. Um, but I think definitely uh, he was the best of his 04 class. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't know. I think it's a toss-up with him and Eli. Like, I think Eli probably... Get out of here right now. Smidge, but... <laughs> <laughs> so I listened to Chris ramble now for five minutes, and I, I, as I, before I can even say three words on Ben, so all of what you just said, Chris, is utterly wrong. I think Ben... <laughs> here I think it Ben. My thing was, like, at, when he retired, my gut reaction was, oh, he's somewhere in, like, the top 25. Not, I don't want to put him higher than 20, but he's somewhere in the top 25 quarterbacks of all time. And then I thought about that more. I'm like, the more I thought about that, the more that statement did not sit right with me. And the more I'm like, okay, well, let's contextualize him literally amongst his 2004 draft class. And I'm like, okay, um, I think, well, in my opinion, Phil Rivers is indisputably the best quarterback from that draft class. He's done inarguably the most with less. He's got the fewest interceptions of all those three quarterbacks, the most touchdown passes, and the fewest games and throws and, and passes thrown. He is undoubtedly the best player of a rather thrower of the football of that trio of quarterbacks. And here's where I'm going to get a little weird. Eli probably is the greatest of the three of them. And I mean that in the Tom Brady sense where he's like, he is the, re- there is no two, gi- the two giant Super Bowls at Tom Brady's expense do not happen without Eli Manning. However, both Super Bowls likely that the Steelers win, or you can argue, can't right. happen without Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Maybe not Super Bowl 43, where that back corner to Antonio, uh, or not, rather, to San Antonio Holmes, if you guys can make that throw. But in general, I look at I look at Ben Roethlisberger, I'm like, what did, especially the last decade of his career, when he didn't really do anything in the playoffs and was kind of like routinely being trounced by the Patriots, I'm like, who do I know? Like, what, out of all those three quarterbacks, he's had the most given to him structurally from an organization, from coaching-wise, talent-wise. And, I mean, yes, he had, he had two Super Bowls, correct. But, like, I, to me, it feels like the last of his career, he should have won more. You know, it, it's the same thing I look, at, when I look at Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, I feel like for his – I mean, I see where you're coming from. You know, I mean, like the early parts of his career, when he won his Super Bowl, he had a, a you know, great defense. Um. And maybe in the last ten years, that defense hasn't been quite the same. But the offensive talent has been at yeah, the of, offensive has talent been has been elite yeah. has been elite. And then I look yeah. at what Phil Rivers had to work with his entire career. Bottom of the NFL offensive lines outside of Ladainian Tomlinson, very little run game production. And yes, yeah, Antonio Gates, sure, but it's like 
beyond that, it's not like he had. That was he was the only guy for so long, though, right? Yeah, he had Vincent he, Jackson for a couple of years. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Allison, I mean, it's an interesting up. argument. I'm not going to side one way or the other, Chris. So I'm not going to pile on here. But like, yeah, yeah, that this is a, a quarrel amongst brothers. I but. just don't know where to put him. That's the whole point. Is like, <laughs> I, my initial gut reaction yeah. is he's 25th, roughly and, best quarterback of all time, and then I'm like, why doesn't that fit right? Because I would put at that point, then Phil Rivers, let's say 23. But 22, but then where does that put Ben? 26, 7? Eli's probably 35, somewhere like that. But, like, good God, like, it's just I, – I, he's a yeah, he's I a know. tough guy to rank. Let's do an episode about that. Let's yeah. do an episode about that at some point. We can argue the 04 draft class. And then go even more <laughs> And, and then do you ones. include Tony Romo? Well, yeah, undrafted. undrafted. Like, yeah. Tony Romo's the best quarterback in that draft line. Yeah, Romo. Romo is so like massively underrated, and we can – we you know, we can Great. have that conversation. But – yeah, so anyways, I, you know what? I don't know whether I'd say he went out nicely. I mean, other than he went out as nicely as great quarterbacks typically go out because great quarterbacks do not retire. At, they don't retire on top. They, they they squeeze every last ounce of gas out of the tank, and then they they collapse in a puff of smoke in the middle of the desert, and, like, somebody drags them off. So, like... Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, they get stripped for parts. It's, it's like, so um, I, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, Peyton had like about as storybook an ending to his career as possible. Uh, he got carried to a Super Bowl win. Elway, Beyond that, he was. Yeah, what's that? Sorry, John Elway has two Super Bowls in his career. Uh yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. He's probably the yeah. most storybook, and he wasn't washed up, right? But, um, you know, basically everybody in the NFL, if you have that long of a career, you wait until you're washed up. You don't retire while you still have Mm -hmm. talent and, like, enough, you know, gas in the tank to keep playing. It's it's happening more now, honestly. There's a few guys that have done it in the last few years who retired long before their time was up. But if you're lasting that long, you you know, you're going until the wheels fall off. And the wheels have fallen off then. So where where do the Steelers go next year with – their quarterback uh, situation. What what do they do? Because I think I'm going to start this off by saying I think they've been a little bit irresponsible over the last few years in kind of having their blinders on and saying we're we're Ben's team, we're sticking with Ben and we're not worried about our quarterback situation. And they don't really have uh a plan. It doesn't seem at least. I, obviously we're not in the room with with the uh personnel people, but what is their plan? They're not going to have a high draft pick. Um, are they going to sign a free agent? Are they bank? I know there's some, you know, they've got Haskins on the, the roster there. And he was a first round pick two years ago, three years ago. I think somehow Jimmy G ends up the quarterback next year. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Oh, I like those fans like pray and close their eyes. Like, please give us the Sean. Please give us Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, some, some guy with actual talent. But I think the likely scenario is, the Niners probably don't want to trade him within conference. Uh, I think the Steelers present a pretty good need. They could probably give the Niners a second plus a third, something compelling, get them off, take them off yeah. their hands, uh, yeah. or just in the kind of thing that way. And I think that's uh, for everyone, it's a logical situation. From what I, I'm not much in the college football, but from what everyone says, the 2023 draft class must be a little, a little less barren from the quarterback perspective. So I think, if anything, you take a gamble on Jimmy G. You uh, take a, a low-risk flyer on him. You see if you can build around him. That defense is built to win today. Jimmy G, you can't honestly tell me, isn't an upgrade over Ben Roethlisberger today. He is. So you he take is, yeah. you run it back with that defense. You yeah. uh, you still have talent in the receiver core. 
I think that's right. a pretty easy. You don't give a lot. It's, it's a very low risk, high reward situation. I think that's one that Steelers fans could be okay. With, I like that. But, but yeah. yeah, I like that. That Jimmy G, you might say, would be the Golden Gate Bridge to their next quarterback. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's it. Uh, Jimmy G is, I, I think he's established himself as a good bridge quarterback now. I don't know that any team is looking at him as the answer, but he's good enough. He's good enough to still get looks, to, and and he's arguably the top of the available quarterbacks going. He's into Alex this. Smith. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's he Alex is. Smith. He's a good quarterback who is going to go to a team and they're going to start him for as many years as they need him until they draft a young guy to replace him. And it's probably, it's not going to, he's not making a career in any place that he goes anymore. He's going to go someplace. He's going to play a few years and then he's going to move on and he's going to go play somewhere else for a few years. And here's the thing. Pittsburgh right now is in a bit of a soft reboot, soft rebuild here. Um, they still have a pretty good defense this year, even though in, in the last few weeks they kind of give a few, few more points, few more yards than they usually do, mainly because of injuries. They're still one of the best defense in the league year in, year out. They've, I think they've yeah. led the league in sacks for like three or four years in a row now, and they have the, the deep in in TJ Watt. But this is a roster, in my opinion, that's ready to make a playoff push with a, with a competent quarterback who can push Bell ball downfield. Big Ben, for all of his limitations this season, I honestly believe – he is playing better this year than he played last year when they went 12 and four because he is better, even though it's still annoying watching him dink and dunk everywhere. He's not making that many turnovers. He's making for the most part, fairly smart plays, even though he has some inaccuracies here and there. But I think big Ben, his biggest uh, fault by far was they couldn't push the ball down the field. All Pittsburgh needs is a quarterback who can threaten the deep ball, not even to, to throw it. They just need to make defenses think, Hey, they're, they might throw the ball over our heads because then Najee Harris can, can go rushing. Najee Harris uh, broke Franco Harris's uh, rookie record for rushing for the Steelers, set in 1972 against Cleveland. Impressive. Um, yes, he has over 1,000 yards rushing behind a mostly rookie offensive line. So Najee Harris is legit. All they need is a quarterback who can threaten defenses and scare coordinators into thinking they might go over the top. This offensive line gets another year to gel. It's still an incredibly young nucleus of talent at skill position on offense and still a very robust, capable defense that yet is not too old. It's still a fairly young roster. They need a quarterback who can be capable. So a Jimmy G, can, in my opinion, can make this a 10, maybe 11-win team next year because they still might get nine wins this year with Big Ben. I honestly think someone as, as even as, as baseline as Jimmy G – takes this team to the playoffs and back into contention for the AFC North. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that the Steelers have a good roster right now, and that's going to be their that's going to be their motivation to bring somebody in who can start right away and not trigger a rebuild because their team is is he'll ready be... to be. What's that? He'll be a better Mark Sanchez with a better head coach. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I yeah. mean seriously, the Jets. Uh, what is? They went to a conference championship. Uh, yeah, Rex Ryan and Sanchez. Yeah. Two. Like, they went twice. Two. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, two in a row. It's crazy. So, the Steelers are not built entirely different from that Jets team. It, no, the Steelers have a lot of talent. I think they are in a in a place where they could 
Um, I think they need to put some uh, emphasis on their offensive line. Um, draft, uh, draft guys in that uh, <laughs> at those positions. Um, but yeah, bring in a quarterback who can who can uh, take advantage of this roster and lead them somewhere. I don't think it's Mason Rudolph. I don't mm, think it's Dwayne yeah. Haskins. I think. God, no. <laughs> I think I'm, it's not, I'm not to ready say. to throw in the towel on Haskins. He's a young, he's a but, young guy who I think just kind of like screwed around in Washington. But if he sits on the bench for a couple years, gets his nose in the in the in the notebooks and in the playbook, you know, gets coached up. He was still a first round pick. The guy, there's talent there. So call me the uh, glass half full. I can coach him up. You know, see the ceiling. Kind of uh, NFL talk here, but. Um, he's not ready I think next it's safe year. To say though, I think it's safe to say that whoever is the week one starter next season for Pittsburgh, it's not going to be someone on the roster right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm cool with that. I agree. I'm cool with that. All right, so you touched on it, Chris, when you mentioned TJ, but this new uh, 17 game season provides some opportunities for. Well, I don't know. I don't know whether I want to say that. Where we're at right now is there's several records in the NFL that are being challenged and could be broken this coming week. The easy thing to point to is that now that we've got 17 games, guys have more opportunities to break that record. And so we may see the sack record fall. We may see the receiving record fall, receiving yards Right. Um, is there any other records I'm missing? I mean, those are the two big ones. Hmm. Those are the two that have gotten the biggest. Yeah. So I mean, those are the ones that people are talking about. But so the question is: is how many how many sacks does TJ need to break the record? One, uh, one, uh, and, a one and a half. One and a half. All right. And who are they playing? Uh, the Ravens, but they are decimated by yeah, injuries. So, so he might be able to get a, uh, okay. at least one or two. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> the Steelers optimist. You're such a Always. homer. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. He might get a conservative um, three. Cooper Cup. <laughs> Cooper Cup, who I think is immensely talented and underrated. And we can have, we can do a whole episode on why people seem to dismiss him because he's, you know, quote unquote, a slot receiver. So he doesn't get talked about in the best receivers in the league. But he is challenging the uh, receiving yards record. Now, when he was asked about it this week, he brushed it off as, you know, records broken in 17 games should be counted differently. And they don't really, you know, it doesn't really count as breaking a record because the season's longer and da-da-da-da-da. I mean, it was very very humble. It was a good answer from the guy who is going to break the record. But the question for you guys is, how do you see records being broken in a 17 game season? And this, this could be a, become a very verbose topic. So let's be brief and just give me your Coles notes opinion on whether there's, there should be an asterisk or whether these are legit records being broken. So I've got a, a few quick thoughts on this one. I don't think it's an asterisk, but I think all we honestly have to do is just start now adding a column beside records or just as games played that season. That's it. Don't say anything different. It, all it does is contextualize the records and when they were set, right? So when you look at, for instance, another record that was uh, 
or rather that was another mark that was set last week was Kyle Pitts becoming the, the first head end since Mike Ditka 60 years ago to cross 1,000 yards receiving his rookie season. That's huge, right? But then you contextualize Ditka's record. He did it in 14 games in, in an era where he didn't really have a lot of catches, right? So I'm okay with having a games played column if it just means it contextualizes the record. I'm cool with that. That said, in cases like TJ Watts where he missed a few games to injury, I think that really does help his case as well. And I think having a 17th game helps guys who maybe might have been injured and who might have missed the crack at that record before, it gives them a chance of redemption, and I'm all for that, right? So I think I think the problems is remedied if we just add a games played column, and it you know I'm, I'm happy that it gives guys who were maybe missed some time a fair crack at the record they you know probably should have got if they stayed healthy. Now I, I don't disagree with you, Phil, um, but to a certain degree, I look at it as there, there's always deeper context for any stat that you can come up with ever. But for me, a record's a record. I have no problem with a record being broken it's more to do with the fact that okay this record did did it stand since last year or did it stand for 20 years Mm -hmm. like that that tells me something but the fact that it got broken to me pretty much every record is bound to be broken at some point by somebody and the context is entirely different as you go across football eras with pass interference rules being implemented holding rules coming in go back far enough there's whip kicks and all sorts of crazy shit roughing the passer and like what's the game has changed so much the number of times that you're throwing the ball in a game and the number of yards being thrown for and in a season and like the quarterbacks are i don't know yeah i i think i I see to a certain degree so it's to a certain degree you have to just look at the the output relative to their contemporaries, because those are the ones that they were actually compared to. They were playing with the same rules, the same context. Games played is certainly something to look at. It gives you some indication of how impressive something was. You know, you look at uh, Randy Moss taking the the TD uh, reception record from Jerry, and then you realize that Jerry did it in a strike-shortened season with a whole lot less games, and it's like, 12 oh, games, wow. I think, yeah. Yeah, like that's incredibly impressive. Right. I still think a record's a record and it should be recognized. It shouldn't the the only issue I have with the asterisks as people kind of term it is that they use it as a way to marginalize yeah. or diminish the accomplishment. And to me that's not a thing. If Cooper Cup breaks the record, he deserves recognition for breaking the record as much as anybody breaking the record before him. Right. I, I don't take anything away from that because oh, like had the guy had a two thousand yard receiving season. Like, yeah, monster. that's incredible. Really? Like, I don't care how whether it was you know how many games he played, whether it was you know sixteen or seventeen or you know whatever. It's like it's an incredible feat. So, yeah, give him credit for that. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you on that one. Like, if you break a record, you break a record. I mean, you want to put start putting asterisks. It's like, well. You know, you're gonna are you gonna put an asterisk next next to uh, TJ's record because he he broke Strahan's record, and it's like, well, yeah, but Strahan only got the record because Brett Favre gave it to him. You know, he he did a slide right in front of him and let him have the record. So there, there's already an asterisk. It's like, how many asterisks on asterisks are you gonna get? And like, TJ wouldn't even be in the conversation if Stefanski 
Kevin Stefanski didn't throw the ball, get Baker to drop back and throw the ball 38 times and get him sacked nine times. And, you know, what they were, they were trotting out a, you know, a rookie right tackle that couldn't, you know, couldn't put lay a finger on Watt. Like, it, it was just, you know. There's always deeper context. That's the thing. There's so There's- many ways you can, yeah, you can chop it up and, and mar- like you say, we'll marginalize one or the other and how they got it. So, uh, anyways, we'll see. It'll be cool. It'll be fun to see. I like to see records broken. Now, now one one cool kind of uh, quirk to the Cooper Cup story is uh, the the guy whose record he's breaking was also being thrown at by Matt Stafford. <laughs> yeah, Johnson, yeah right. that is funny. That is funny. So Matt Stafford yeah. will be the quarterback to the two highest receiving yards in a season. Quite a feather in your cap. I mean, or is it? Does this mean you had two friggin' top-tier receivers who were high-volume guys? Bit of both. Bit yeah. of both. Like, uh, you got to give Stafford credit because he made those numbers happen. Um, but, yeah, he was throwing at extremely talented people, too. So, bit of both. All right. I think we uh, we beat that one to death. So actually, you know what? The interesting thing, one last little thought on this, the interesting thing about Cooper Cup is, that, you know, Cooper Cup's homing in on this uh, record. And when you look back at that draft class and when he got drafted and the other receivers that got drafted before him, um, it's it's an interesting look to see who, who got drafted out of him. Mike Williams... John Ross, Corey Davis, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I think Zay Jones when I have him. Chris Godwin. You know, like there's there's a bunch of really good receivers. There's some not so good receivers. There's some guys that, you know, are in, in, inarguably talented but are just not, you know, at that level. And then you got some Cooper Cup third-round receiver who's uh, turned into uh, quite the steal. Okay, moving on. I think the last thing we need to touch on before we sign off here, fellas, is the only game coming up this weekend that is a win-and-in situation. The Los Angeles Chargers are headed to Las Vegas to play the Raiders, and whichever team wins goes to the playoffs. The team that loses is out. (laughs) So... The only game steeped in well, that's I shouldn't say that. There's 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 influential games this weekend, but this is the the only one that I really want to watch. That I, I have to watch. Like this is a Super Bowl for these teams because it it decides their season on the last week of the season. This is fantastic drama. So I think sorry, sorry to cut you off there, but I think that uh go, go. it's testament it's testament to how amazing Derek Carr is. That considering <laughs> the, the context of of the of how tumultuous this season yeah. they've had, so of how in terms of how many season during incidents happened within a month, the chart, the fact that there are injuries who I think objectively have a way better roster. Um, this yeah. is just a testament to how amazing Derek Carr is to be just carrying this team, but also a testament to how horribly the charges have, the horribly the charge have imploded. I was a big fan of the charge, so really, really, really rooting for him, but. They just blew it against Kansas City a few weeks ago when they last played. They just gave that game away, in my opinion. And since then, yeah. my only thought when it comes to charges, they're not there yet. 
they're your way. They're, yeah, but they, you know what, Chris? Uh, I don't think I that's funny you're saying that. Season, but I'm really pro Raiders. The, 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 the Chargers every year for the last, like, eight years have been You're a right. year away. It's like yeah. every year they find ways to lose games that they should win. They lose games with the last-minute the, the last minute field goal that, you know, kills them. They miss it or they, they, you know, the other team hits a field goal or they give away games. Like, they were doing it when Phil Rivers was there. I just don't get it. They, they were my early pick this year for the Super Bowl. And they looked like I it early. They, were, they looked like it early. That's right. the thing. Like Justin Herbert is the real deal. They got a talented team, and you know injuries have have obviously impacted them. But it, when they put it all together, they're scary good. But then they just lay these eggs. Like how how did you lose that game? Or wh- who showed up? Nobody. It's it's crazy to me. So I I, I mean I'm I, I'm gonna root Chargers this weekend. I'm they were my early pick for the Super Bowl, so I'm I'm still. You know, I'm still hoping they sneak into the playoffs and then manage to put it all together by some stroke of, you know, luck. Now, there is a scenario in which both of these teams, I'm sure you guys have heard of this, actually end up in the playoffs. Um, No. Yes, and that scenario is, yes, if the Jaguars upset the Colts, and so that's the precondition. Jaguars upset the Colts, then both teams would make the playoffs if they literally just tied. So the some of my favorite water cooler talk this week has been – no, no, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, stop. They have to tie. Yes. yes. If the Jags upset the upset yeah. the Colts, then automatically all they have to do to, for both the uh, Chargers and Raiders to secure a playoff spot is tie, end the game with the Take same score. So that's what I'm saying is like the, the water cooler talk this this week has been like. Gamesmanship wise, I'm sorry. Do you just take a knee? Did you just like agree before the time? Hey, listen, like we know that we're supposed to play a game today, but like. We can see no, that's what I'm saying. And they act like Rich Eisen asked Brian Staley that, and he's like, "For respect to the game, that's not going to happen." <laughs> and that's the exact right answer. No, I, yeah, you don't. You I you like you revel in that opportunity deny, to eliminate deny them the today. playoffs. Yeah, the division, if it was like if it was some team, maybe a team in like a in the AFC South or something, who knows? But right. that's a division rival that you want. To screw over, then yes, right, right. Like you want to rip their heart out. <laughs> I want and, to and, and that's soul. the thing. That's it. It's it's playoff mentality. You can't. There's no quarter. There's no like. There's no mercy here. It's you're playing a playoff game, and you want to eliminate that other team because it gets you one step closer to your goal. Right. Um, I'd rather risk losing my playoff spot in this game, trying to steal yours away from you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm happy to make that risk. Or take that risk, rather. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I I made the comparison earlier this year when when the Steelers tied Detroit. Yeah, they tied Detroit, Chris. <laughs> and it was like kissing your sister. Yeah. Oh that's, my that's god. Like, that's like inadvertent. Like you're not trying to tie, but you did. But like this is like no, no, no. Like we're cool okay. with that. We're cool with that. We're. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like from your sis, let's go to the playoffs. <laughs> Ties and a, and a nine and seven record in a sixteen game season were the most disgusting and demoralizing things to me ever. But that's it's something for different. Oh, different yeah, terrible! No, the, the fact that that's even a conversation is, is astonishing to me. Like, who's yeah. talking like that? 
like who comes up with this scenario like yeah maybe they just both take a knee like that's i mean that would be hilarious to see though i've never seen a game in which both teams are like huh wait a minute the goal that we're actually working towards we can achieve by doing nothing okay like it's <laughs> it's it, like it's just i know they're not going to do it because they get paid to no the like i that i'm sorry but there there has to be a rule somewhere that like the that the nfl can step in and immediately fire every coach on the, the staff and 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 the <laughs> the owners are forced to sell or just make Detroit. a team lose a playoff spot. That's it. If you, if you, if like, you kneel for more than seventy or like more than twenty percent of your plays, you lose the game. You forfeit the game. <laughs> Something, yeah. Like you, you're just, you know, you're done. I'm sorry. You're, you, you both get a loss. There, there is yeah, no tie. Exactly. You both yeah. get a loss. Right. Neither of you is in the playoffs. Congratulations. We just gave your playoff spot to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Like it, it, you know, like the last two, the last, last place teams in the league get to go in your place because you just forfeited every single win this year. And Urban Meyer makes your first try. Now, now, having said that, yeah. now, having said that, it would be hilarious if it just managed to happen organically. Yeah, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. And the conspiracy if they genuinely is- were going like all out and and they just ran out of gas and tie. <laughs> Yeah, and the conspiracy theories would oh, fly. Yeah. <laughs> it would be run rampant. This was like, a you know, the in. fix was in. It. They, yeah, they like took their foot off the gas. Golly, what a fix that would be! <laughs> the, the, Seriously, like if you, that would be more. That's more compelling. Like if you're if you play your heart out all game and it's twenty twenty at the end of the game and it goes to overtime and you're like, mm. so is that what we're putting? Maybe. So everyone's putting twenty bucks on that scoreline. Maybe we just don't play as hard in overtime. Like maybe we just yeah. let this finish. <laughs> the way it is and we go to the playoffs you know like <laughs> let me let me put it this way if uh, if john harbaugh was in that game uh, I, I bet he doesn't go for it on fourth and one from the one no. on with no time on the clock you know to try yeah. and win the game like that that that's more believable not not <laughs> that they won't try to win but just that their risk analysis right. will be slightly colored right. like if you're down right. one and you Tying can, you is can, a little bit less yeah. of a disincentive. Last play of the game, and you're down one, and you can kick the extra point, or you can go for two and the win. You're not going for two because you know the one gets you into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. Be interesting right. to watch. I, I don't imagine it'll come to that, but uh, no, it'll be no. fun to watch. I don't think so. Go Chargers! Best uniforms go in the Raiders. <laughs> I hope both teams have fun. <laughs> Seriously, I'm hoping for a tie. I like both teams. I like. Yeah. I'll, like I'll literally be rooting yeah. the entire game for a tie. I hope because I think both having them in the playoffs, the Chargers and Raiders, makes it more interesting. I had them, Colts, Raiders. If somehow all three of them got in the playoffs, I'd be a happy man. Not likely, but yeah, I'd be happy. That'd be cool. Yeah, participation medals all around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up there, guys. I think uh, I think that's uh, that's 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 a solid hour we just did. So. Are you sure okay. I can't wax poetic more about Ben? Or no, <laughs> no, please. <laughs> wants to go home. Again, Ben is at best, the 26th best quarterback of all time. We don't care. <laughs> I thought we did like I thought it, we were we were pretty gracious to Ben and putting the nail in his coffin, but like yeah. <laughs> he is officially old news. <laughs> no, literally, he's old. <laughs> okay, all right, guys. Thanks. Appreciate you. Great chat. And uh, next week, put your thinking caps on. Next week, we got a lot of things that we could talk about, um, a lot of different directions we could go. So um, 
I don't know, there's coaching situations that are in flux and are going to, you know, the search for new coaches are going to start flying around like crazy. Um, you know, we can talk about, I don't think we're going to do picks next week. Maybe the week after we'll get into like, you know, that week off between the playoffs. We'll get into, is there a week off after the season? Nope. No. Straight into wild card. Okay. So guess what we're doing next week? Predictions. Predictions. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll chat offline about that. We got to figure out how we're going to do that, but uh, we got to cook up something fun for next week. So, all right. Awesome guys. Thank you. Take care of yourselves. We'll talk next week. Sweet fellas. Till next time, boys. Yeah.